Hello and welcome to the Pageant Buzz podcast. You are here with your hosts, Kristen and Rebecca. This is a podcast where we talk about glam, glitz, and what life is really like with a crown. This is a podcast for those girls who have inhaled more hairspray than they have oxygen. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Pageant Buzz podcast. You are here with your hosts, Rebecca and Kristen, and we have an incredibly special guest today. She is a friend of the show. We have United States of America's Mrs. Hannah Letourneau. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. And of course, I say a friend of the show because you came on when you were USOA's Mrs. Virginia, and now you're just USOA's Mrs. I am. Yes, it was. It feels like yesterday that I was telling you that I hope to be back as the national title holder. And, you know, I was able to turn that dream into reality. And here I sit before you as United States of America's Mrs. 2023. It just feels surreal. The one thing that sticks out to me so much from that first interview, I mean, aside from us talking about your platform and all of the amazing work you were doing is we tried so hard to get you to talk about what you were going to be wearing for your interview outfit. And you were like, I don't know, it's going to be so hard to top the things I've worn before. Well, I would say you definitely topped it. It has been the talk of pageant world, it feels like. So can you tell us a little bit about that jumpsuit from Ramona Design? Yes. So I reached out to Ramona and what's funny is when we were talking, I had one idea in my brain. I wanted to go into interview in a tuxedo. I, I, and I was thinking, I want to go in as, you know, this boss babe that is showcasing because with my career, I'm in automotive. So I'm in a man's world. And I wanted to show that feminine edge of a woman in a tuxedo, kind of, you know, those Taylor Swift vibes and go in in this tuxedo dress. And I talked to Ramona and she started sending me sketches and I, it just didn't speak to me. And I, I honestly, I did not like what my brain was picturing. And then what was put on paper, I'm like, this is not, this is not it. And Ramona ended up saying, you know, let's go a different direction. Like have an open mind, like think about doing this. And she sent me the jumpsuit and I immediately fell in love. I absolutely loved it. It's so unique. It's so different. And then I saw it on a couple of weeks later after my jumpsuit had been put into production, I saw it on Arbany in a gown form uh, on the Miss Universe stage. And I was blown away. I was like, this is exactly what I want. She ended up having the jumpsuit done in a month, which we started it. It was she the turnaround time. She's like, okay, it's time to come pick it up. It's like, we started doing this a month ago. Yeah, just so, such fast turnaround. Kept me in the loop the whole entire time. She's in DC. so. I ended up driving up to DC for meetings and I picked up the jumpsuit and it was perfect. And I'm, uh, one of the funny things that ended up happening, my husband will probably, it, it's fine now. Cause it, we, we figured it out, but he put the jumpsuit on me. And of course my jumpsuit has a corset in the middle to keep my shoulders like up and all the pieces that are kind of artsy in place. And so because of the corset, the zipper kept getting stuck. And my husband put it on me one night and pulled and the zipper popped off and we couldn't fix it. So I took it to a seamstress two weeks before nationals and my husband felt so bad. I'm like, honey, it's not your fault. Like I'd rather have it happen now than at nationals. So we got it fixed. Everything ended up working out just perfectly. And then I wore it at nationals and it just, I felt so powerful walking in and it really brought that kind of I think feminine soft side that I have, but also kind of that powerful 
just vibe that I wanted when I walked into interview. So it was just, it was perfect. I wouldn't change a thing. I loved it. I'm obsessed. <laughs> so that's funny that you did not blame your husband because when my zipper popped in Vegas, it, I 1000% blamed Matt. I was like, this is your fault. <laughs> he's like, he's like, Kristen, I was like, you couldn't just put it up and down. Could you, you just had to do whatever you did back. It was, it, it definitely wasn't his fault. And, um, Jackie and Sydney vouched for him at that point, but the, the women that I was there with, but I blamed him. So you are such a gracious queen. I can tell already. <laughs> I, I like, he felt so bad. And when he was trying to zip me up, he kept saying, I'm going to break it. And I had this moment where I was just like, just do it, break it. Like I, I got very aggressive with the jumpsuit. Cause I'm like, if you can't zip this now and it's going to break, I want it to happen now mm-hmm. so I can go get it fixed. And I had the best reaction. He broke, he broke it. He goes, Oh my gosh, babe. I'm so sorry. His face, he lost all color. And I just grabbed the zipper. I'm like, it's fine. I'm like, can you just unzip me? I'm going to take a bath. It's all good. And I got on the phone with my mom and was looking at videos, how to fix it. We have an amazing seamstress right by our Air Force base. And she does all of the guys' uniforms. So I know that she can easily fix a zipper. And I took it into her. She looked at me. She goes, of course, she'd break it in the hardest place to fix. It's like, oh, Oh. can you fix it though? She's like, oh yeah, it's fine. I'll see you next week. I came back. It looked brand new. It, it looked like nothing had changed. She just put the, a new zipper on and it was fine. So it ended up working out. I'm, I'm a 13 years in pageantry. I expect the unexpected and I'd rather have it happen before nationals than during. Cause my, okay. my mom seamstress luckily. So she's like, I would have sewed you in it. And I'm like, but I mentally didn't need that. So I'm glad, I'm glad it happened ahead of time. So. Yeah. I feel like there are so many times that girls backstage should have had their zippers replaced. And I wish that so many people would just take that advice of like, if it's getting stuck when you're at home or you're having trouble, just take it and get it fixed. This, a lot of times the, especially off the rack things, not necessarily a custom, but a lot of off the rack stuff, the zipper is really flimsy and cheap. Just go get it replaced. It's, it's so much like stress off you to just get a new zipper put in. Kristen had this happen to her at nationals. I know and this is America, like go get your zipper replaced before you get there. Then you don't have that really freak out moment of what am I going to do? I have to get like pinned in or sewn in and you know, from being in pageant so long, just get the zipper replaced with a really high quality zipper. We had our Miss Maryland actually backstage right before she went in on gown, her zipper completely split. And we had my fabulous best friend, Tabby, Mrs. DC and our fabulous uh, Mrs. Arizona, Jen, ended up holding it and sewing her into the dress before she went on stage. And it's, I mean, it worked out and she ended up getting it to a seamstress in Vegas, but hundred percent. I'm a big believer. And when you, before you go to nationals or any state pageant, try your clothes on multiple times. And if something doesn't feel right, just go get it fixed because exactly. it's easier to handle it ahead of time than in the moment. And then it just adds more stress when you're there and you don't need that. Yes. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about that nationals interview. Any highlights, any moments that you want to share with everybody about that big, huge moment of your nationals interview? So nationals for me actually wasn't what I expected. I ended up showing up. I had horrible allergies and I couldn't talk. I was coughing like crazy. I'm very allergic to cigarette smoke. So being in any casino in Vegas, it really impacts me. But on top of 
having allergies. It just, I could barely talk. And I went into interview. I felt like I sounded like a man and <laughs> I was so nervous to sit down and talk to these judges. And I ended up sitting down, going through all of the motions of the interview. And I, I remember two questions vividly. Um, the interviews were fantastic. All of the judges were amazing, but I got asked twice, you know, why do you keep coming back? Why, why is this your third time? And my response was basically the same each and every time, which was, you know, I'm going to keep coming back. I'm nine no's away from a yes. You've told me no twice already. This is number three. If you tell me no again, I'll see you next year. And if you tell me no again, I'll see you the year after that, because at some point you will tell me yes, I believe in this organization and I just need that one yes. And at some point you will see that I'm fit for this national title. And I hope that's now, but if it's not, I'll see you next year. And I, I remember that, that moment so vividly. And I had one of the judges, she grabbed my hand and it was my last judge. And she goes, sweetie, I, I have a feeling that this is going to be your year. She's like, ah! that answer. She goes, that answer for me. She's like, I just want to commend you for always going after your goal. She's like, that's just so inspiring. And I've never had a judge kind of break that, like that third wall essentially. So I was so taken back. And that was my last judge that I had of the day. And I walked out of interview after being so stressed that I couldn't talk. And I, my mom was there and I walked out and I saw my mom and I started to cry. And I told her what this lady said. And I'm like, I know that that type of stuff, it doesn't mean anything. Her saying that to me doesn't mean that I'm going to win. It doesn't mean that I'm going to get selected. But the fact that she could see my passion for the organization and see how hard I've worked and how I'm just not willing to give up. And then also the, just the fear of not being able to talk and sound normal, just all of that, just all of my emotions just came flooding forward. And that's the first interview in 13 years that I've walked out and cried over. So I felt really good about my interview. I, I just, it was everything that I could have dreamed of for my interview. And I felt like they really saw my plan, my goal, my mission for the organization and I am, I'm very proud of what the judges were able to see. So it, it was a fantastic interview. And so whenever, at least I feel like I always hear about, there are some judges that just ask some weird ones, just like a question that I don't care how much you've practiced. You're like, well, I certainly wasn't expecting that one. <laughs> Did you have any like funny ones that you're like, you know what? Like I wasn't expecting that, but I guess this is how I feel, or this is what I think. So we had one judge that you could tell he was so sweet. He is an Air Force uh, officer and at Nellis Air Force Base. And you could tell that this is his first pageant. He was the rookie judge. And you it kind of felt like he was on a first date. And I asked all the other contestants and everybody's like got the same vibes from him. But he just felt nervous. And he asked me the most random off the wall questions. And one of them was, if you could be on any reality TV show, what would it be and why? And after he just finished asking me about like my resume and all this stuff, and then this random question, I ended up saying cake boss because and he goes, oh, baking. And I said, no, because I like to eat cake. <laughs> He's like, oh, okay. I'm like, I, and I ended up going into a story of how, you know, two weeks ago, my husband and I were in New York city for my birthday. And we ended up going to the cake boss facility. And I ended up getting the biggest slab of rainbow cake and it was delicious. And I would love to be on the show so that I could be the cake taste tester. I love baking, but I like to eat cake. 
more than bake it. So I ended up telling him that and he ended up laughing, which was great. But he was the he was the judge that had the most random questions, but he, he was a fantastic judge. That's oh, that's funny. cool. That is that's like a fun question though, in general, to ask. It it was all of our interviews. It seemed normally with the USOA interviews, they stick pretty much to your platform, your resume. And this year it seemed like when just hearing the girls talk that there was at least every single time you sat down with the judge, there was probably three or four questions that were the same and very similar. You know, how are you going to grow the organization? What are you going to do to better USOA? How are you going to utilize social media to make an impact? And that seemed like that was a theme across the board with all of the judges. So that was something that was interesting because I haven't experienced that in my previous two years with them, but I liked it because I guess it allows the judges to kind of, in a way, compare kind of answers and see how people are, what they're thinking of and growing the organization. So I thought that was very, very interesting this year. What's the, so I know that I've heard the women talk about this. So because you don't have the same judges in interview as the rest of the night, right? How does the scoring work and how does all of that work? So with USOA, we have 25% is your evening gown, 25% is your swimsuit, and then 50% of the score is your interview, which is my favorite portion of the competition. So I'm glad that they, they rank that high, but then they completely wipe your scores completely for finals. So it doesn't matter how you did in prelims. You also will have different judges. So Tanis, I've never seen another system do this before, but Tanis, our national director, will have five judges and you'll have five judges for interview and she'll pull two of them for prelim swim. And then you'll have two new judges and then you'll have the same three that saw you in interview. And then the next night, she'll pull two more judges. So I want to say that we only had one judge that saw us the whole entire time. And then everybody else was new and different. And maybe they had seen us at one other point in the competition, but they were constantly rotating so that you could get a more even score across the board. It also keeps the judges from picking and choosing a favorite and then playing scores. Cause I've seen that happen so many times before where they end up falling in love with a girl in interview. And, but then maybe her stage presence isn't where it needs to be. So then they score her high or they start playing scores and then it just, it ends up being a big mess. So I like that Tana ends up doing that. Then you go to finals, you compete in, they call the top 11 this year or 12, and then you compete in swimsuit. The highest scores from swimsuit will then move on to the top six. The top six will go compete in gown, highest uh, cumulative score between swimsuit and gown, then ending up going into the top three. And then at that point, you have onstage question, and that then goes and takes the place of that interview score. So that's 50% of your score is that onstage question piece. And then the girl with the highest score of the whole entire night ends up winning. So how do you feel about that with, because it's a numerical score, right? Mm -hmm. versus how some other systems do like the mention system, or they might say like the circle system where it's just, they don't even give you a number. It's just, okay. I liked her. I liked her. I liked her. I, I honestly prefer it because it, 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 and maybe it's because I've, that's the system type of scoring that I've been used to for so many years. It makes sense to me. And when I can logically make it make sense, then I can understand how to work the system and I, I'm a numbers person, not mathematically, but, you know, objectives wise for, for my job for sales. And my objective is to get tens across the board. A 10 makes sense to me. And when I went and did uh, the Mrs. America system, that was so new and different to me, which the mention system, I didn't understand it. Like, so they write names and then the name, I'm like, how, how I, that's, I think that is almost harder to score 
doing it that way when you have, you know, 50 contestants and then you've got to circle random names versus in the moment, you're just, you know, giving a, a number score and then the highest scores end up being pulled out. I think that's easier. I don't know how the judges end up doing it with Mrs. America. The mention system is, is just different to me, but that doesn't mean that that's one is better than the other, but I prefer having, you know, five through 10 or one through 10 rank the girls and then the highest scores get pulled. That just, it makes more sense to me, but one is not necessarily better than the other. Mm -hmm. I feel like it's um, just a little bit as a judge, I've judged both ways. And I feel like in the moment, it's just easy. I think they use Tally Genie in USOA and it's so easy as a judge using Tally Genie and it makes the, the, the show move really quick because you're in, the judges are entering in that score. It automatically is tabulating and they have those results for that top 12, that top six, that top three immediately. So you don't need those long intermissions for tabulations and all that. And I really like that. It's Tannis loves Tally Genie and it's been great. And I mean, they just input the scores and it is so fast. Like yes. the time that we started, I will give Tannis that show every night was two hours on the dot. And mm -hmm. I appreciate that as a contestant because there's not a lot of waiting around. It's on the stage, perform, and then go see your family. And yes. I really appreciate that a lot as a contestant. So it was a very quick show, but it was it was beautiful. Yeah, the production, I mean, we talk about it all the time on the podcast. Like there's bar none, not a better production out there in my mind. Tannis kills it every year. And I can't even imagine if this is what she did for year five, what she's going to do for next year or, you know, year 10. I I'm so excited to, to be a part of it now and get a peek behind the curtain of how she does all of it, but it's, it's yeah. insane. Well, you have to give us some, like once you start to see how she works, because it is the only pageant I feel like I've ever watched, ever been to whatever there's, I don't feel like there's any mistakes and maybe they're going on in the background. But there's never like a girl coming out and they're saying the wrong name. There's never like, oh, like, where is so-and-so? Like, why isn't she out here or anything like that? And I, and Matt likes to watch for that sort of thing because he's like that, but <laughs> it is the only one we can never find anything. It's like, it just goes. It's, I want to say it's because Tannis has been in the industry for so long and she's a perfectionist and it's truly because of the team that she has in place that's running behind the scenes. So we have so many volunteers that, I mean, they were lining us up. They would be on teen and we would hear, where are all of my Miz? And they would have all of the Miz lined up backstage, ready to go. You were always in order. You were always in place. They would be on Miss. They'd be looking for all the misses. And I think that's how it's so seamless is she has so many amazing volunteers that are backstage consistently making sure that we're in our place when we need to be. They're making sure that all the girls look amazing and perfect and their hair and their makeup's good before they send you out. And so it ends up just working just effortlessly and seamlessly in the moment. But there's plenty of chaos that goes on behind the scenes, just like with any other pageant. But I think Tannis has figured out the system, which is just having a great team to support you. And that's what really separates USOA is just our volunteers are just something just second to none. And I just, I love all of them. They've been involved for years. A lot of them are nas previous national title holders. So it just, it feels like you're going to summer camp when you're around all of them. It's, it's amazing. So let's talk a little bit just before we get to finals night. Um, is there any highlights from the week itself or the weekend itself that you really look back and want to share just from the different outings or things that were happening, rehearsals, memories, anything you want to share? 
So my favorite event that we ended up going and doing is the Selfie Museum. USOA does such a fantastic job of every single year. We always have one amazing event that we get to go to. And so we went to the Selfie Museum, which is great because I love pictures. So as any other title holder does as well. So it's great to be able to go spend time with your sister queens, go to the Selfie Museum, have such an amazing event to be able to truly bond and have that sisterhood moment. And then, I mean, everything was just so fantastic. Like Tannis does such an amazing job in prepping. I also just, I, I loved being in my hair and makeup artist room. Uh, I use Z and she's phenomenal. And my best friend, Tabby, who's Mrs. DC, she also was with Z. So we ended up getting to spend so much time together. And also my Mrs. Marilyn sister queen as well. So it was like a girl's trip basically inside of this hair and makeup room. So it made the call time so much better. But, you know, just being able to have that support all week, spending time with my best friend and just getting to enjoy that. And then my husband was able to come out and getting him to actually experience nationals. There's a lot of times that he doesn't get to go to my my pageants because of his job. And so actually being able to have him there to support me was just amazing and something that necessarily wasn't uh, my highlight of my time, but something that will stick with me is I had sales close on Friday. So I was working. So I started my conference calls at 5am in the morning. So I was calling my dealers while I was in hair and makeup and getting forecasts, figuring out where my dealers were going to finish, had conference calls in the afternoon, had to leave rehearsals. And then I had swimsuit that night. So 15 minutes before I was on swimsuit, I was on the phone with my boss being like, here's what I'm going to finish. All my dealers are, are inputted in. It's fine. But it just showed me like women are powerful. And if you want something, nothing is going to stop you. And it's just about balance. And so that's that's what really showed me. It wasn't ideal, but I made it work. And it's something that I won't forget because it just shows me that, you know, if I want something, nothing's going to stand in my way. Oh my gosh. Speaking of your husband, I just don't want to forget this. Um, I was behind him in the audience for finals. And it's funny because I'm seeing you on stage. They just announced you. And all of a sudden I see a second Hannah pop up in the audience. Cause it's just your face on his back. And he's like, yeah, cause he came out of his seat. I don't know if you could see him or knew that or not. He popped out of his seat so fast. And so it was like this dual Hannah situation happening in front of me. Everybody keeps asking for videos if I have his reaction. And of course we don't for that. I know of, unless somebody random filmed it. So if you did, please, you know, let me know. But he, my, he's witnessed all of my pageant journey. And so is my mom. And I asked my mom, I was like, well, what were you guys doing when it was me and Tabby at the end? And apparently they were holding hands and he, she's like, Nick was in his seat, just with his head down. He's like, I couldn't even watch because he was so scared that I was going to get called as first runner up again. And he's like, I just felt like, he's like, I felt like I was going to throw up. I felt so sick and nervous for you. And as soon as they called my name, of course he popped up. Apparently he ended up kneeing the person's seat in front of him. Oh <laughs> and my mom's like, he started to cry and look over at my mom and He's like, my mom goes, he just kept looking at me like Lisa, that's my mom's name. Lisa, she did it. She finally did it. She did it. And I remember, I think the first time I saw him was I was looking up at the confetti that was falling down on me and I made eye contact with him and my mom. And that's like, it's a core memory that I'll remember for the rest of my life. 
And he is, I think, more excited about this title than I am. We went upstairs and he's like, okay, you know, let's plan your year. Where are you going? What are we doing? I'll support you. I want you to have the year that you've dreamed of. And he's already helping me. I want to, we're trying to work some things out, but with him being a pilot, I want to get a fan ride somehow and either a T-38 or I'd love to fly with like the Thunderbirds or the Blue Angels. And so he's trying to figure out how to make that work. So I'm like, here, honey, like go try to figure out how to get this done. So he's a- Put him to work. Yeah. And his shirt was, that was probably my favorite outfit. Even of my outfits, that was my favorite outfit of the week. We, with the military, we have party shirts. And so I ended up creating a party shirt. So the front of it's blank. And then he had faces of me on his sleeves and then a giant face of me on my, his back. So it was, it was beautiful. <laughs> the collection of Hannah Letourneau shirts that he has is quite amazing and impressive. Oh, he has socks and he has underwear, but I told him, I'm like, please don't show people your underwear. I got <laughs> And then he's like, I should show people that your face is everywhere. I was like, please don't. <laughs> keep, that, keep that to yourself. I was like, please don't. He's like, oh, he's like, okay, I won't embarrass you. But but it's really cool. It's like, it is really cool, sweetie. Like, so. Well, well let's my talk husband a didn't bit. recognize oh, your husband because he didn't have his mustache anymore. I know. By the way, <laughs> it's gone. Oh, it is such a beautiful thing. He shaved it at the beginning of March, which is, you know, mustache March. And he said, I just felt like it was time. I was like, thank God. (laughs) He's, he's just such a fine looking man without his mustache. And I love him with the mustache, but I'm glad that the squirrel butt is now gone as of right now. (laughs) I'm sure she'll make a reappearance sometime this summer, but right now she's gone and I could not be happier. Maybe you could make a special request for during your year while you're raining, there is no mustache. I hope so. I, 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 I know that he's like with his military career, as he kind of goes up, uh, with longer time in the military, like he has to, I guess, in a sense, like they take it more seriously. Cause of course you have like, when he was a Lieutenant, you have, you're just a dumb Lieutenant or yeah, you don't know anything. You're just a young captain. And so it's, he climbs up and gets older. I'm just hoping that he takes it more and more seriously. Cause then I feel like the mustache will just be less and less. So mm-hmm. I'm hoping that's what's happening right now, but I'm not sure. <laughs> so, so funny. Well, let's talk a little bit about that finals night. You have mentioned several times that you and Tabitha, Mrs. DC are best friends and she was your first runner up. So it was that final two moment, you guys holding hands at the end. What was that like? It was everything that we've dreamed of. Like we have been talking about that since the first year that we met at USOA back in 2020 and we became best friends and that's been the goal. Like we wanted just to go and be a powerhouse together. Cause we're, we're a team. Like we, we win and we lose as a team. And we, we even joked, we're like, we're just going to stop the pageant. If it comes down to the top two of us and you'll take the sash and I'll take the crown and we'll just spend the year together. And when they called Minnesota, it wasn't until I looked over and I saw her and I was like, Oh my gosh, we manifested this. And it was such a beautiful, I'm literally getting chills just thinking about it. It was such a beautiful moment because I mean, we love each other so much. And, you know, I think a lot of times in pageantry, like people don't think that the friendships that you see online is genuine and it's real. And my friendship with Tabby is it goes so much further than a crown and a sash. Like she was there for me when I was sobbing on the phone last year with my husband being deployed. And you know, anytime I have work struggles, I'm Snapchatting Tabby and she's giving me advice. And 
because we're essentially like the same person and her husband's in the military. And so she understands my life on a level that most people don't get. And so having that connection with someone is just so amazing. And so being able to share just this moment that only two people ever get to experience is was so beautiful. And I was so at peace in that moment because I didn't care. I was like, you know what? I'm winning regardless, whether I get the crown or I don't, my best friend's going to get it. And seeing somebody that I love so much and witnessing their dream come true, it's just, it would be such a beautiful moment to share. And so when they did end up calling me, I remember her looking at me and saying, well, take your crowning moment, like go. And I'm like, no, I want to hug you. I don't want, I want you to be here with me. And and so it was just, it was so beautiful. And I mean, we're already talking about like doing appearances together already. And cause she's moving up to DC, she's moving back officially full-time. So we're talking about doing appearances and spending time together and doing photo shoots. So the Tabby and Hannah show does not end at nationals. It's continuing. So it's, uh, it, it was such a beautiful moment. I'll cherish forever. Oh, that's really sweet. I didn't know that you guys were that close until just now when we were talking and that is really, really sweet. And you guys, it was funny. You guys actually were like very chic looking together because she was in all black and then you were in white. So just together, you guys looked really, really, really good for that last couple moments. Like she's very rocker and I'm just very like over the top, like glam. And mm-hmm. I joked her, I'm like, Tavi, it's like a, it's like an angel and a devil in a sense, like in those five, ah. I'm like, it's so polar. I'm like, if whatever they pick, they're picking polar opposites. And I think that should be so beautiful for people to look at and see USOA does not have a mold. You have a girl that's decked out in giant rhinestones and feathers and is more of like that pageant glam. And then you have a girl with you know, both of the sides of her head are shaved and she's got this boss rocker looking vibe going on and we're complete opposites. And that just shows that there's not this mold that they're trying to fit. They're just picking girls that it would represent the title beautifully. And I think that's, what's so amazing about even that final two moment of how it looks. It's just how different we are. And, and I think that should just be celebrated. That's something that I, <clears throat> was pointing out even in the top three, how different all three of you were, you all like, you know, for that to be the top three, I think that speaks a lot to the system of there is not a standard, there isn't a type like there, you know, there was a blonde, uh, auburn hair, a dark hair, like everybody looks so different. You're really petite, really, then there was really tall people, like, there's no body type, there's no look, there's no style, there's no personality, like, any woman has a place within United States of America's pageants. It really feels like with what was represented in that final three. And I loved that. It's, and I think I keep hearing from people that, well, it's because USOA is so new. They don't have this mold yet that they can, that they're going to fit. They don't know what they're, they're going to pick yet because they're so new. And I don't think USOA will ever truly have a mold because if you even look back at our Mrs. Contestants, who have been national title holders. You have Danielle. She was very young when she won. She has no, she had no children at the time. She's her and her husband still don't have kids as of the moment. And then you had Shannon. She was pregnant when she won and then had her baby and celebrated that year with her. You have Ann Pennington who has a little boy and is in fashion. You have LaShan who has a little girl and has such a powerhouse in herself. And then you have me who's five, three petite and, you know, is in the corporate world and I don't have children yet. And it just shows that 
U.S. always celebrates every woman's differences and they're not looking for what well, we need for a married woman, a, a wife, a mother, and she has to have it all. And she has to be this height with this hair color, this body type. USOA is just, everybody's welcome. They're not going to just pick the standard mold of a pageant girl. They just want someone that's going to represent the organization and grow the system. That's what they're looking for. And I hope that's what people see with all the women that were on that stage, that there's a place for them here at USOA. And we just want to keep growing the women that we have on that stage and show even more diversity each and every year. And we've been able to continuously do that for the past five years. And I can't wait to grow it even more. So I'm excited next year to see even how even more diverse our system truly is. So speaking of that growth, what are your plans for the year? What do you hope to accomplish and what do you already have kind of in the works? I, so I, it keeps being brought up what I said on my onstage question of, I want 200 girls on that stage. And what I mean by that is I'm, I'm not saying 200 women in the Mrs. Division. I would love that, but I'm talking about the system as a whole with teen, mm -hmm. miss, miss, and misses. I think as the Mrs. title holder, it's my job to work with my sisters and help them also grow their divisions as well, because in the end, it's a domino effect. If we can start growing the teens, at some point, they could feed into the Mrs. Division or the Miss Division or the Miss Division. And so it's growing each individual system. So putting 50 girls in each division is my goal. So my biggest thing is one, being present on social media and talking about why I love the system. I didn't realize how big of an impact that just talking about why you love something so much could truly have until I was Mrs. Virginia. And I had so many women that just kept saying, I signed up because you made it look fun. And you you and Tabby made it seem like a girl's trip and that it wasn't just a pageant. And so I immediately realized, wow, I have such a big impact that can be made just on making a 10 second reel on Instagram. So it's, you know, creating content, showcasing how unique and diverse our women are. I have an Instagram live series called Queenly Conversations, where I showcase how unique and diverse each individual title holder is. Because I, I truly believe when you can see yourself in a system, you're able to then think that you're allowed to be there and there's a place for you because there is. And if you don't see yourself there, then that means that you should come join because you should be the voice for someone that's like you. And so with Queenly Conversations, I can't wait to be able to implement that even more on the national page. So not only just talking to our Mrs. Title holders, but each other woman that's in every other system that we have from the teen, the Miss, the Ms., talking to them about why they love USOA, why it's so different, what their national experience was to help grow that. You know, going in and I want to talk to, you know, young professionals, military wives, going into sororities, going into schools, being able to grow it from that perspective. If you're just present in the community throughout the United States, you're going to see growth. And so that's my biggest plan this year is just to be involved. As of right now, just for the month of April, I already have 12 appearances set up. So I'm hitting the ground running and it just keeps somehow building every day. I'm like, I have to work at some point. <laughs> <laughs> like, what am I doing all of this? But I'll figure it out. But, you know, being present, I'm a completely open book and inviting girls, you know, message me. I would love to talk with you, get on a call with you, Skype with you, go and get coffee. If you're close by, I travel for work. I'll fly and meet you. Like we'll sit and have lunch and talk about USOA. So my plan is to be present and just showcasing living the motto of uplift, empower, and inspire. And I think that's, that's, what's going to continuously grow this system. Yes, I totally agree. Um, I do want to, I know we're kind of running out of time, but I do just have a couple like 
rapid fire questions that I wanted to ask you. And then we'll do a Chris's question. Of course, that's like more pageant appropriate. (laughs) Okay. So the first time I had sat down with you, it was at Mrs. America and you were talking about going to hair and makeup. And I was like, girl, if you sat down in my hair chair with all that hair, I would just quit. And you're like, yeah, it's a lot of hair. How long did that take to do your, especially your prelims night with it half up, half down, you had the big swoop in the front. What, what's the time frame on this hair? So about two and a half hours every day. It, I actually think at Mrs. America, it felt longer. I'm not sure why, but with this time, they, it was about, I would have some mornings I was there at four 30 and other mornings is there at five or five 30. I have one morning that was beautiful and I was there at seven and it was amazing, but it normally took them about two to two and a half hours to do everything. And a lot of times people were tag teaming me and having, you know, hair and make like the makeup, uh, with Z she was, you know, working on my face. And then I have two hairstylists in the back. So Z's team is just amazing at that. And I showed up and they're like, you still have the weft then, don't you? And I was like, yep. And I mean, at Mrs. America, my weft actually ended up coming out and Z's stylist sewed it back in my head before finals. Oh my that's, that's how amazing her team is. And so I ended up going back. Her whole team was like, oh, we're used to Hannah's hair. <laughs> we actually ended up naming her. We named my, my weft Priscilla because she has her own, uh, she has her own personality and Sometimes she wants to work and sometimes she doesn't. And I think the longest that they had to work on my hair actually was for finals night and they did huge curls. And then they sent me to rehearsal. And when I showed up at rehearsal, all the girls were like, there's no way that's how you're competing tonight. Right. I'm like, I don't know, maybe, (laughs) (laughs) but I don't know. I, I I'm trusting the process and the old Hollywood wave is, you know, what they ended up doing and it was beautiful. And, you know, that, that one took a little bit of time. So yeah, uh, I commend Z's team because uh, it takes a lot of time with, with this mess of a hair. So <laughs> at least they were used to it though. Yes. Okay. So you, from what I saw, were the only one that changed gowns from prelims to finals. Why, why did you go with two gowns? So I'm extra and over the top and I, I felt like my, if you can't tell, um, I felt like when I wore that gown at Mrs. America, I got one picture in it with Tabby. And that's the only picture that I got in this gown. And I felt like it didn't have a moment. And that was the gown that I actually wore for my prelims night. And I, it was my backup gown. I was like, I want to wear it. I love it. But I felt like I wanted, it wasn't the dress that I envisioned myself getting crowned in. And I, but I still wanted it to have that moment. And I'm so glad that I did. I actually ended up getting to walk to my wedding song. My first dance song with my husband was actually the song that I walked to in prelims. And that was just, and it was that random and it just came on. And my husband's like, we should have known. And that moment that like, that was the sign from God that like, this was your time because I was, uh, it, it was so beautiful. I, I could see my husband even better that night than any of the other nights in the audience, just a direct line to him when that song came on and I was walking, I almost cried. And so then the next night I had my, my gown by Debbie Carroll. And when I messaged Debbie, I told her what I wanted. And I'm pretty sure she thought I was insane because I told her, I'm like, I want giant diamond, like stones, I want it to be mesh and just kind of sexy, but also elegant old Hollywood. I want feathers. 
Anna's. Oh yeah, Anna. <laughs> She's like, are you sure? That's a lot. And I'm like, just, just trust me. I want, I want everything. I want the whole party on a dress. And she ended up sending me, I ended up getting the sketch over Christmas and I saw it. And as soon as I saw that gown, there was no other gown I could envision myself getting crowned in. And I wanted in that moment, I think you can wear whatever you want. If you want to change it up because you have two dresses, do it. And I think we might start seeing that more because I started watching it at Miss USA this year. Girls were changing and Miss Universe. And I loved it because I'm like, I want to be extra and over the top. Why not? <laughs> and it was in that moment when I walked out on gown, I felt special on prelims night. But when I walked out in my finals night gown, it felt like just like a crowning moment in a sense. Like I, I felt like the national queen in that moment when I walked out in that gown, it felt different than any other gown that I've walked on stage in. And I think it's because it's me like that dress. It, it's me in a dress. It's extra. It's over the top. It's in your face. It's bougie. And it might be a little too much. And that's, that's me. And I'm, I think the judges were able to see it. Maybe it's not everybody's cup of tea, but I, I just, I love, I love it so much. And it was just perfect. And Debbie just did a phenomenal job and going in in theme with things don't always work out the way that you plan. I got the dress and because I had never tried it on, Debbie couldn't place the stones on my body. So she didn't know how it would lay when I got it. And when I got it, you could see, cause it's mesh, you could see the bodysuit underneath. So it's just a beautiful picture of my butt. <laughs> it was, I was just like, oh my gosh, Debbie, like, could you please stone it? So I took it to Vegas, which is where Debbie is located. She came and picked the dress up on Wednesday and had it back to me completely stoned out even more on Friday. So wow. the week I, of the competition. Yeah. So, <laughs> and you're and worried I, about a zipper on your jumpsuit. Like, oh my gosh. <laughs> I, I had a lot of stuff like that happened like that. Like I can't just tell girls enough, like just go with the flow. Cause things are going to happen. Like I was supposed to fly out on Monday for a work trip at 1230 and found out the night of winning my photo shoot didn't end until one. And I had a meeting in Miami the next day and I had to change my flight less than 12 hours before I was supposed to take off to go to Miami. And I took a red eye to Vegas from Vegas to Miami the next day got in at Miami on Tuesday at 6am and made it to a meeting within 15 minutes. So like go with the flow, things happen, but this is a once in a lifetime opportunity and just soak in and be present in every moment possible, because you don't know when that moment's going to be your moment. And when you'll be able to just, you know, cherish these moments for the rest of your life. And this will be something I talk to my grandkids about one day and and every, I was, I was present and every single moment, the great moments. And also the moments where I was worried about my butt showing on stage. So like, it worked. It ended up working out. Well, I can't ask anything to follow up that answer. Cause I was like, beautiful, <laughs> but I do still want Rebecca to ask you a Chris's question because they're always good practice interview questions, especially for me, even. So well, I want to hear I'm what she has to ask. I'm glad you asked about the changing of gowns because that was one of the things that I was wanting to know about. I just wanted to hear kind of your thought process of it. And I do want to just say that I loved that prelims gown and I'm really glad that you wore it because it was really beautiful. But I agree, your finals gown was your personality to a T. A hundred percent. It's, I know it's not everybody's favorite 
I've already heard online people like it was, I liked her other gown better. And I'm like, I like both. And I, it's completely my opposite sides of my personality, but I am so over the top. I am the fruit loop in the world of Cheerios. And that gown is a fruit loop in a world of Cheerios. So it's, I love that gown so much. And it's, it's very, it's very my personality. So. And that gown won a national title. So people can exactly. say what they want, but <laughs> exactly. everybody's like, it's not my favorite. I'm like, well, the judges. <laughs> it doesn't matter what you think because it works. So, you know, at the end of the day. Okay. So my question is, if you had to describe that winning moment in one word, what would it be and why? Oh gosh. Monumental. It, it just accumulated and I mean, 13 years of being told no constantly. I mean, I get chills just thinking about it. It makes me emotional. I have been told no so many times. I have been first runner up so many times. And I have questioned my worth, my value, who I am as a person and why I'm doing this. And in that moment, I realized that I finally could listen to the advice I got when I first started competing my first year, which was Hannah, go be yourself. Stop trying to be somebody that you're not. And finally at 28 years old, after 13 years of competing, I was Hannah Letourneau and that was good enough. Finally, that, that was good enough. And I stopped trying to be somebody that I wasn't and to be recognized as me and to feel seen. It just, it was a monumental moment that I will remember for the rest of my life and I will cherish forever. And so I would say there's many words that could describe that moment, but I would say monumental. Queen of the final question. You're getting me to tear up now. Like, oh my gosh, that was awesome. So much. It's, I am so honored. And I mean, there was 30, we had one girl that couldn't end up coming, but you know, 39 women that deserve this title just as much as I did. And I'm honored that I get to represent this sisterhood in a system that I fell in love with three years ago. I'm so honored that I finally was able to show what it means to just persevere and it's okay to be upset. It's okay to be frustrated. And when you, when you don't end up getting something that you want, but don't allow that to stop you from going after your dreams and your goals, because pageantry is all about perception and it's five people's opinion. And that, that should never make you question who you are as a person or make you feel any less than, because if we did the pageant again, they could pick a different winner. And I kept telling girls all, all week, like you can think one thing, the judges could look at us and say, you know, I, I saw this really cute fluffy dog on the side of the street earlier. And you guys are all really great, but we want the fluffy dog that we saw earlier walking down the Las Vegas strip. That's how pageantry works. And it, you never know what's going to happen. And so to have it work out finally after 13 years is just, is such a beautiful thing. And I'm just, I'm so excited to that. I got get my shiny hats and you know, beautiful sash, it still doesn't feel real. And I don't know if it ever will, but I'm just, I'm very honored and very privileged to have this year. Well, we are so excited to follow you all year long. How can all of the listeners follow your journey and your year? So you can follow me at United States of America's Mrs. I feel so good to say that. You can follow me on Mrs. Letourneau, or Mrs. Hannah Letourneau on Instagram. 
And you can follow the United States of America's pageant page. There's multiple places you can keep up with me, but probably my national title holder page is where you're going to see all things glitz, glamour, bougie, and extraness of my year. So I'm very excited. I'm going to be doing some very unique and different appearances that I can't wait to, to share. So make sure that you go and follow United States of America's Misses to keep up on my reign this year. And if anybody wants to order your children's book, um, is that available for purchase? It is. So I actually ended up going and creating a website for Reach Out Remember, which is my platform. So if you go to www.reachoutremember.com, you're able to find my children's book, Ivana's Adventures, my children's coloring book, Ivana Gives Back. And then I also have areas in there where you can go and find different places that you can volunteer with hospice. I also have a blanket drive that goes back to hospice patients wrapped in love, where you can actually send blankets to literally my house so that I can take them to hospice patients. So I'm wanting to be able to expand this now all across the United States this year. So if you would like to contribute to that, I would really appreciate it. So www.reachoutandremember.com. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for sharing that. And everybody listening, be sure to follow Hannah, follow her reign and support her and her Reach Out and Remember campaign. Thank you so much. I truly appreciate it. It was so great chatting with you ladies today. And I am very excited that you guys were able to watch the national pageant and thank you so much for being a support and a voice for everyone that's in pageant land. So I really appreciate it. Thank you so much, Hannah, for coming on and spending time with us. You can follow us at pageant buzz pod. And as Rebecca always says, don't forget to sparkle. Follow us on Instagram at pageant buzz pod for all things pageant buzz.